everybody. Um, my name is Cherry. Um, if you haven't met me before, that's who I am. Um, and I'm one of the small group leaders here at Inverness Vineyard Church and I'm also the kids pastor. And so I've got the pleasure today of opening up God's word with all of you and just exploring what he wants to do and say to us uh, today. So I hope you're excited and expectant. Um, church online, it's not quite how we would usually do things, but God is good, isn't he? And he has been speaking to us so clearly in this time. Thank goodness that we have his word. Um, I'm so grateful for it. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to do. So we are um, following the series that we've been doing for a while now and looking at heroes of the faith. Um, so I was asked to pick um, from the Bible a hero of the faith. So it got me thinking as usual just about superheroes. Um, when I think of heroes, I think of superheroes. And um, I did a little Google and it came up with these, um, with this, what's your superhero name um, image. And it was one of these ones where you, you know, take the first letter of your first name and uh, the month that you were born in and it comes up with a super name, a superhero name just for you. So um, I'm a little bit disappointed though because my one was The Thing. <laughs> the Thing. Uh, doesn't sound that inspiring, doesn't sound like I can do very much in terms of superpowers. Um, but there you go, that's it, um, <laughs> the thing. <laughs> um, I wonder what yours would be, maybe something a bit more exciting than that. Um, but yeah, so um, when we think of heroes, you know, we think of maybe a cool name for a hero. Um, you know, they usually have cool names, don't they? Like Captain America, Iron Man, Batman. Um, but actually, you know, um, real life heroes <laughs> might just be called John or David or Sarah. Um, and when we look in the Bible, we see these sort of everyday ordinary heroes with everyday ordinary names. And actually in this case, it's a woman who isn't even named. So we don't even know what her name is. Um, uh, the woman that I'm going to look at today, the hero of the faith. Um, so I hope that you have a Bible in front of you if you don't. Um, I love the Bible apps that are available for free. Um, just download one on your device um, and it's so easy to search um, if you're not familiar with the Bible, but I definitely advise getting one of them. Um, but we are looking at Luke um, and it's in chapter 8 and we're going to be reading from verse 40 uh, down to uh, 48. So Luke 8, 40 to 48. Um, so let's read this together. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Amen. That's God's word. Um, and what a fantastic story. 
Um, I love it. So this is the hero that we're looking at today, this woman who isn't named. Um, and what I kind of want us to be thinking about as we look at this encounter that she has with Jesus is kind of two main things. And the first one is reaching out, reaching out for Jesus. And um, the second one is clinging on, clinging on to Jesus. So um, here, the setting for this is that Jesus has just come back from um, across the Sea of Galilee, um, calming storms and um, he actually uh, drives the demons out of a demon-possessed man who's been tormented by them, he brings him to full healing, full restoration. Um, and he's now travelled back over um, to the, the Sea of Galilee. Um, so that's where he is. And this crowd have built up um, and they're ready to welcome him. They're expectant. They are waiting for what is going to happen next. And I don't blame them. <laughs> I hope that this morning or whenever you're watching this, that you are expectant for what Jesus will say or do in your life. Um, I, I, I kind of hope that you're in that place. Um, so um, when we think about reaching out, which is kind of my first point, reaching out for Jesus. Um, when I think about the phrase, you know, reach out, reach out, what are we reaching out for? We are reaching out for maybe connection, we are reaching out um, maybe for help or assistance with something, reaching out to maybe communicate how you're feeling or express how you're feeling. When somebody says, just reach out, it, that, it kind of has that sense of connection, communication, um, and possibly either helping someone or asking for help from someone. Um, and secondly, this, this clinging on to Jesus. Um, you know, what comes to mind when I ask um, you about that phrase, you know, clinging on? Um, and I'm going to just show a quick slide just now of a few things that I kind of think of or you might, might think of. I'm not actually a visual person. I know a lot of people think in pictures. I think more in words rather than pictures. But people who think in pictures often see phrases as a picture. So um, when I say cling on, um, here's a few things that might kind of pop into your head. I'll just show that slide. So those are just a few of the things that might come into your mind when I say clinging on. Um, it might be that scene in The Lion King with Mufasa clinging on to the cliff edge. Um, it might be clinging on to monkey bars. I've never made my way across a set of monkey bars because I have no upper body strength whatsoever. Um, so I've never achieved that. Maybe one day I will. Um, but you know, you might think of sort of clinging on um, to monkey bars or something or a rock face. Or you might, if you're a sort of sci-fi, Star Trek fan, you might think of Klingons. That's not the kind of Klingon. Um, you're down the wrong track there. Um, and I'm not a sci-fi fan, so no Klingons in this uh, talk. I'm sorry if that disappoints you. You can always switch me off and I won't, I won't know anything about it. Um, so anyway, yeah, so we're talking about clinging on, um, not to something, um, because when we cling on to something, like a cliff edge or monkey bars, um, we are clinging on um, to something and we're clinging on in our own strength. It's all about how strong we are and how long can we hold on. It's about, um, you know, our own ability, our own strength. And so we're not thinking about that kind of clinging on. What I'm thinking of, and I hope the picture that maybe possibly came into your mind, is a bit more like a monkey clinging on, um, like a baby monkey clinging on to its mum, 
Um, I was recently watching this video, it had orangutans and this little baby orangutan just holding onto its mum as she kind of swung and held onto the branches um, in the trees and it just, this baby just looked so relaxed. Um, it didn't look worried that she was going to drop him um, and you know that's because there's that trust, there's that relationship um, where I assume this baby just knows that if it begins to slip that the mum will hold on tight um, and not let that happen. And so there's this trust and relationship um, when the monkey clings on to the, uh, to the mum. That's more what I'm thinking of um, when we think about clinging on to Jesus. So um, the other thing that I think of is um, when I, I got this picture, it's one of my favourite pictures, and it's purely just my hand and Stephen's hand just clinging on. <laughs> um, and it was actually taken um, during the birth of one of our daughters. And it's one of my favourite pictures of just what it looks like to just hold on to one another um, in difficult times, in pain, in suffering, to just hold on uh, to one another when it comes to husband and wife, marriage. It's a, it's a great uh, image in terms of marriage, clinging on to one another through difficult times. So that's more the kind of clinging on I'm speaking about, because when we cling on to someone, there's that trust, there's that relationship, there's that connection. Um, and that is what it means when we cling on to Jesus. So I hope that you can hold those images in your mind um, as we look into this a little bit more and this woman's story. So there's this huge crowd um, and it actually says that this crowd are crushing Jesus. There's so many people um, crowding around Jesus and looking to see what he's going to do or say next um, that they're actually crushing. And the word um, used for this word crushing is actually more literally, it's choking. So this crowd is so big um, and so uh, packed that you can hardly breathe. That's the kind of connotation. And um, I don't know about your music tastes, but I like a little bit of rock music now and again. And um, when me and Stephen were engaged, we went to a Foo Fighters concert. Um, we both were fans of them. And um, it was all my idea, but I was like, let's go to the front. It'll be amazing, a once in a lifetime opportunity to be right at the front, to see the band, um, to be right in the thick of it, for the music to be absolutely blaring, it'll be great. Um, and as soon as the Foo Fighters came on, we completely regretted our decision because the crowd was so packed, you just couldn't get out. And it's a good job that neither of us needed to go to the toilet because there was just no chance that we, we, we could get out until the band were finished. Um, and it was great, the band were amazing, but at the same time, um, you know, everyone was jumping around us and even when we stop jumping, it's like we're still jumping because everyone else is jumping. Um, and so that's the kind of picture that I have in my mind um, as um, I read about these crowds. And so we've got a few different characters in this story at the beginning. We've got the expectant, waiting, anticipating crowds. And you might relate to that. You might relate to um, being expectant, waiting, um, anticipating what Jesus is going to say to you today or do in your life. You might uh, relate more to Jairus as he just falls at Jesus' feet in absolute desperation to please, please, please come and do something. My daughter is dying. Um, I, if that's you, um, Jesus, Jesus, here, he goes. He goes. He, um, and if that is you, then Jesus is ready to uh, journey with you. 
um, and to minister to you in your time of need, in your time of pain and suffering. And later on we read how he actually raises that girl to life uh, miraculously um, and says she's not sleeping. Uh, so she's, sorry, she's not dying, she's sleeping. Um, but that's later on in the story. And so Jesus is on his way um, to this man's house after being begged to please come, please come. Um, and, you know, this crowd crushing in and surrounding Jesus. And yet there's this woman who um, she herself is suffering um, and she must just feel completely overwhelmed with that desperation and need that she reaches out um, to touch the edge of Jesus's clothes. She doesn't even touch Jesus himself, but she just reaches out and touches what she can, which is just the edge of his cloak. And immediately she's healed, um, which is amazing. Um, and so this woman, she's been bleeding, um, she's been suffering from this uh, medical condition, uh, some kind of hemorrhaged, hemorrhaging, bleeding disorder, um, for as long as that other girl has been alive. And um, 12 years, that's a long time, isn't it? And just no one could help her. She spent everything. She's, she's just desperate. She's desperate and she's in need. Um, and yet she is healed just by reaching out. And I just think, what a brave thing to do um, in that crowd um, of people. Uh, but, you know, she couldn't go unnoticed by Jesus because he turns. Um, and, you know, Jesus isn't just a dispenser of power, peace, healing, joy, um, breakthrough. Um, Jesus is not just a dispenser of these things. You know, he longs for relationship, for connection, for conversation with us. He longs um, to draw out our story and he longs to minister to us on a much deeper level than just physical healing. Um, and I love that. I love how he speaks to her um, and calls her at the end. He calls her daughter. Your faith is healed. You go in peace. He calls her daughter. We don't know this woman. We don't know her name. Yet Jesus knows her. Um, and Jesus says, you know, you're, you're, you're family to me. You're like family to me. Um, and I think it's absolutely amazing. I just want to encourage you that, you know, we are a crowd, a virtual crowd, uh, meeting here today. And, you know, our need does not go unnoticed. Just like this woman, she could not go unnoticed. That our need, our uh, desires, our suffering, our pain, um, whatever it is, it does not go um, unnoticed. And this uh, crowd who are sort of choking, that, that, that same word choking, um, is actually used earlier in the chapter when Jesus is talking about seed thrown amongst thorns and how these thorns choke the seed. It's the exact same word. And so, um, you know, this has been a year of um, trying to catch our breath, hasn't it? Sometimes, um, you know, it's been a year of, of difficulties in so many ways and it's been different for all of us, I know. Um, but certainly I think all of us could probably say there's been something over the last year that has felt like it's been choking us. Um, and those thorns earlier in the chapter represent um, a few different things like cares, worries, anxieties. And for you that might be something that literally physically feels like it's suffocating or choking. Um, you know, trying to catch your breath sometimes because the anxiety levels are so high. Um, it might be sleepless nights, um, it might display itself with stomach pains or back pain, tension, headaches, 
uh, migraines. Sometimes these things can be physical as well as spiritual and emotional. And also the thorns represent um, uh, riches and wealth and financial stability. Um, and this has been a time of you know economic uh, troubles, of job losses, of financial instability. Um, and that can be a bit like thorns choking us, can't it? Also, um, the thorns, it says, Jesus says they also represent um, pleasure. So enjoyable things that just distract us um, and make us kind of wander off. And when I think of just how much time I've spent on Netflix or scrolling through Facebook over the last few while, um, I can certainly see where these distractions have come in and sort of choked my relationship with God. And so I don't want to really speak any more about this as such, but just um, allow your mind just to think of um, what it is that is that, that kind of has been choking you lately, um, has been crowding in and distracting you from from Jesus and sort of hindering you from reaching out to him and from clinging on. And the last thing is um, that I will just share as well is that a year and a half ago I had a dream um, and I don't have vivid dreams usually but um, in my dream it's like I, I was just lying in my bed and I turned to Stephen and he was fine and the sun was just coming up and everything looked fine but there was just this question in my head of um, what we're going to do, what we're going to do about this, how are we going to get through, how are we going to get through this. I didn't know what it was, I, couldn't th I didn't know specifically what it was, but just this sense of anxiety um, and concern. Um, what are we going to do, what are we going to do, and how are we going to get through this? And in my dream, Jesus came in the room, and I can remember what he was wearing. He was wearing a lumberback, lumberjack shirt, um, that thick kind of check shirt. And I just remember, I remember what he was wearing because I just clung on to what he was wearing, onto his shirt and was like, I just felt the sense of him just saying, just cling on to me, just cling on to me. That's the best thing you can do. That's the best thing you can do through this time. And I had a really powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit where um, I just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, sort of like a bit like electricity, but in a, in a nice way, if that's a thing, um, uh, you know, on my face and on my head. And I just felt this sense of, you know, um, Jesus' presence with me and the Holy Spirit is with me. And that is what is going to strengthen me through this. And now I look back now, at the time I couldn't make sense of that dream, and now I look back now and I think, you know what, that has been my year, has been what we're going to do, what we're going to do, what am I going to do? Um, asking that question and just that reminder from Jesus just to cling on to him. So we're going to go into a time of um, prayer now, of, um, because I've said enough and really God has more to say <laughs> than I do, and it's definitely better and it's more important what he has to say. So um, just as we go into that time of prayer, maybe just bring to mind what it is that feels like it's choking the life out of you. Maybe just reflect on, um, God knows you. God does not see you as a nameless, um, unremarkable person, but he sees you as his son, as his daughter. And he is ready, he is here, he is present, and he's willing to stop what he's doing, um, because it's easy to think he's always got much more important things to do. He's willing to stop what he's doing um, and to minister to you just now. So um, let's all just open up our hearts to, uh, as we reach out to Jesus and as we um, cling on to him.